What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Deer Vein Podcast. This week we got on Vince Batiata. Is that is that it, right? Vince Batiata. Yeah, that's right, Batiata. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I always I always enjoy. I always say it before I talk to you, and then I. <laughs> it always sounds funny because I'm like Batiata, Batiata. I'm surprised you remember. Most people can never remember. It takes them like ten times. <laughs> right. Well, Packers got Batiari, so oh, that's, there you how, go. that's how I kind of remember it. But that's right. Anyway, so yeah, guys, we got on Vince this this week, and before we get to his story, we're talking with him. We're talking. He just got back from a Kansas hunt, uh, public land, like nine day, nine ten day. Um, so we're gonna go into the failures and successes of that hunt, the outcomes, all that kind of stuff, because um, it is like a true DIY going in blind and just trying to figure it out on the run. So it's something that a lot of us envision doing, and a lot of us have like what I want to say, like dreams of doing and killing a big buck. And we see these people do it on social media and whatnot. Um, and we're going to talk about that and see what, see what that kind of adventure looks like. The things that you wish you would have known beforehand or wish you would have done beforehand, the things that went really well. So we'll cover a bunch of that stuff today. Um, before we get to it, we got to thank a couple partners and we got to talk about our big giveaway that we're doing. So Vector Custom Shop, they build phenomenal arrows. If you guys are still having problem with arrows, yep. Vince is a big, big proponent of Vector Custom Shop as well. They make some badass arrows. So go check them out if you need to get a new, you know, new six or new dozen next year. For sure, they're made out of Wisconsin. Um, the guys are awesome. Great group of dudes. Very cordial, very friendly. If you have any issues, they're more than willing to fix it. So certainly go talk to them. Uh, Onyx Maps. If you guys aren't you running Onyx Maps, you better be running some sort of digital GPS game because like the ability to see public and private land boundaries, make waypoints, track where you're walking, uh, use Onyx offline. It's all like very, very relevant, especially for today's podcast when you're going in blind somewhere, or even when like my private piece of ground that I've been hunting for three years now, I'm putting new waypoints on it pretty much every year I'm going out there. New beds that I find, new rubs that I find, new scrapes that I find, uh, new stands that I think I should put up over the, over the off season, things like that certainly get on board with that and then the uh the last one is venado so venado makes phenomenal apparel all right just regular you're looking for great christmas gifts man go to venado i think it's shopvenado.com or venado.com just type it into google i shouldn't know this but i don't um these guys are, are awesome they're out of wisconsin as well and they have like very high quality sweatshirts high quality shirts um high quality pants like all sorts of stuff for the outdoors person. It's a great place. Go check them out um, and, and support those guys. And the last thing I want to touch on is the Lone Wolf Custom Gear 0.5 giveaway. All right. On the last podcast, we talked to Cody DeQuisto. Um, and after the podcast, Cody and I talked about in honor of him killing that giant 200 inch tall and tight buck that he's going to have his podcast series on as well. In honor of that, we're, I have purchased a 0.5 from Lone Wolf Custom Gear, and I'm giving it away. All right. It's a five and a half pound tree stand, which is probably the lightest on the market with any sort of size. I don't know if there's a lighter one out there. And it grips to a tree like none other, holds up to, I think, like 200, 250 or 300 pounds, so should be able to fit you. Um, I've been in it and I'm, I was around with all my gear. I was probably close to 250 pounds. So I'm sure it's like three, 350 pound max, but it is extremely light, extremely mobile. Go check out that giveaway. Um, listen to the Cody Dick DeQuisto podcast before this one. I think it's one Oh five. 
Um, check that out and then hit up the socials, uh, Instagram and Facebook, if you want to enter there, or if you listen to the podcast and you don't have the social medias, uh, then I do give my email address in that podcast. And as a way of driving traffic to that podcast, I'm not going to tell you what my email address is on this one. Go listen to the podcast. There's my email. All right. Fill it. Just send me an email that says LWCG. I've gotten about 110 of them so far. And, and then uh, put your name in there. That is one of the other things. People aren't putting their names in there. I can't enter you into the, into the podcast, into the drawing with just an email. Like I need your first and last name. So put your first and last name in there and then put the title as LWCG and it all works out and I can get you guys added. All right. So go do that. And with that, and that was a long intro. That was a very long intro. Um, with that, let's jump into Vince's, Vince's trip. What's up, man? What's up, dude? How you been? Good. Good. Season's been kicking my ass. That's for sure. So just um, like me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you feel like you feel like, so this is my third year hunting the property and this, and after I left my trail cams run, didn't really even touch them at all, uh, through October and through November. And I just hunted the property without a whole lot of trail camera data. And I wanted to pull all the cards and everything after season, lay it all out and start like figuring out what the heck was going on on the property based on all these cameras. Um, and what I was seeing in real life. And I thought I had it like, yep. I had thought I had it all dialed in. I did not. <laughs> I, they this showed me family farm you guys have. Yeah. Yep. Okay. We bought it a couple years ago. It's a hundred, just over a hundred acres. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, you know, I'll like, I don't even know what the heck's going on. We had six shooters make it through in January of last year. I had them on camera. Wow. I only have two on camera this year. I know none of the neighbors killed them um, because they they've, I, I know the bucks that they killed. They were smaller bucks, not those, not the one of those six. And then even the two that I had on camera, I think I saw one in real life. Um, about like 50 yards moving through the shit, like real, mm -hmm. I even had my binos on them and everything. And I was looking at them and I filmed them. Couldn't tell what deer he was or how big he was or anything. And I went back and looked at the film and I think it was this tall eight point that I've been after. So was really close to him. I'm pretty sure that's who it was, but either way, like still didn't get a no shot at him. Um, right. and then, yeah. And then gun, I mean, even, I mean, I, that's the only chance I had at a shooter. I've hunted 16 days, um, for probably close to, what would that be? 110, 120 hours. And it's just been tough. Like they haven't even been on the property. Um, I don't even have trail camera photos of them. So it makes me really start to think about, uh, am I putting too much pressure on this property? Am I, you know, are my entry and exit routes wrong? like is there's just they already bred the does like there was four three days on the property that were just hot like the fourth fifth and sixth were just hot um and that's when a bunch of different bucks showed up um the two that i've been after and then a third one that i've never seen before he's pretty nice nine point he showed up and they were all in certain pockets and they were all chasing this probably this one doe um in that time frame so yeah, I, you know, it's a strange season for me and my buddies in the area didn't see like hardly anything as well. Um, and neither did any of my neighbors. 
Um, so they are, their cameras aren't even lighting up either. So it's just a, an odd, an odd season, an oddity that I need to factor in going forward. But anyway, you asked the question, how my season's going. <laughs> That's we're done with my season. Cause I want to talk about your trip, um, and your season so far and you and, um, Aubrey have been at it really hard, man. Yeah. It's uh, I don't even know where to really begin. Um, dude, it's been it, it, like it's almost following with the exception of one harvest. Uh, Audrey killed a buck on opening day of last year. Um, this year, we haven't shot anything and we've been at it hard. I mean, we scouted really, really hard in the off season, like really hard. I mean, it's harder than I ever have. So um you know, trying a lot of stuff with, with trail cameras and just boots on the ground, all, all that stuff. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, man, I mean, we found uh, a couple of, well, a couple of spots that we thought were really going to be dynamite on, on public. They didn't have any pressure, uh, but they were just straight bust, like just huh. dead straight bust, nothing. You're like out of, and just for reference, you're out of Nashville, right? Yep, so you're in Nashville. Yep. In Nashville. Um, yeah, just turned into a straight bus, you know, not what we were looking for, you know, um, the weather wasn't the greatest, we had one cold snap, um, and then kind of the midway through October, I had one other spot left, and then we, we finally got a chance to get in there a few times, and it was dynamite, like we got in there, and it was almost like, um, it was, it was already getting into the pre-rut there, so they were already doing some seeking and stuff. And it was, you could just tell anytime you get on like a, a new parcel that you could tell it hasn't been touched in a long time. Right. Cause yeah. there's a, you know, five or six mature bucks running around and the way their demeanor is, they're really, really comfortable. You can tell they're not pressured, you know, when they sense something is going on, they don't really care type of thing. And uh, we had some good opportunities, but we just never could get it just right there it was just like just out of reach every time um you know i had one it was a, a really wide seven um i'm really looking for age i don't really care about score so it was a wide seven he came in and uh i had like a it was almost like a two foot gap through like this like cedar brush and he was maybe like nine yards and i shot right through the gap and of course you know it clips the biggest limb that's right there and sticks him right in the shoulder then we tracked him for you know two and a half hours just over a mile and it just ran out i mean that was it and just never could get him and then we had another one same same exact spot uh, a few days later where uh i'd say he was probably a 120 maybe um that came in for audrey and he, he was within range she shot twice missed twice and then he came back around for a third time and it just hit a limb. And then that was it. And we just had, we, we've had encounter after encounter after encounter, and it just hasn't happened. And it's just, it, it it's gotten really frustrating. Um, but then we had our Kansas trip that came up. Yeah. And, um, you know, I went to Kansas last year with a few buddies, um, which was like my first like out of state experience i was invited um it wasn't public land it was leased out land but it was all do it yourself okay um 
so it kind of had that feel, but it didn't have the pressure, you know. So yeah, um, had a lot of action um, when I was there last year. Missed a one seventy five. Girl found it in the spring. It was eaten up by coyotes. That's the only reason I know it was even like that. It was it felt like a car came around the corner. Um, oh man! But compared to last year, you know, I didn't think it. I didn't think Kansas public was going to be as hard as it was. Uh, it definitely. I don't want to say it took me down a notch, but we had a, we had a very different experience out there. So <laughs> we went, we, we met up with one of my buddies. His name is Jake Bush. I don't know if you've heard of him yeah. or not. Um, he's a killer. Like Jake Bush solo. Yeah. Yeah. Bush, yeah he's a killer. He, does yeah, he was on the podcast. He had, we had a great podcast that Bucky killed early season. That yeah. monster on that scrape mm-hmm. was like 180 yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's on killer. He's he's yeah. he's he knows the knowledge. Yeah, I think well, he's, and he I mean, he dumped a nice one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, dude. don't even get me started. Like I'm I'm really trying to stay positive this year, but man, I'm sour. So uh, well, between, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Between him and like, you know, I, I feel like I should just unfollow Levi Morgan because it's just like, oh, got another one. Oh, got another one. Oh, yeah. got another one. <laughs> yeah. Well, and another and another buddy of, of his that I met, I met through him, Ethan Eskew. He's he had a rough season start, but that dude's a killer too. And he's he smashes awesome deer on public as well. But uh yeah, Jake, uh, we've been we've become pretty good friends. Um, and I've learned a lot from him so far. Um, so I've been trying to use some of his knowledge, you know, in my game, and it's working, it just hasn't happened yet. Um yeah, I think the dudes in the last like two years, I think he's hunted like <clears throat> I think it was eight, 18 days and 23 sits, and he's killed two public land booners. And like so, like he's like barely hunting and yeah. he's just he's smashing them. So he just he's has a really, really good uh approach. So yeah. um, but yeah, no, the Kansas's trip was way harder than I thought it was gonna be. So uh I'll just kind of I guess I'll just kind of start from the beginning, like kind of how it went or. Yeah, let's um, talk about. Yeah. So the yeah, the topic, the things that I want to cover your trip and I want to hear the story because you kind of we talked a little bit on Instagram and then. um, And then I was like, okay, well, let's I I have all these questions for you. So let's just like do a podcast. Right. So that's so. Yeah, my thought here is like, let's grow through your story. But at the same time, um, let's look at it from like a perspective of somebody else that's going to be headed out there or maybe to Kansas, maybe to Iowa, maybe to Nebraska or Wisconsin, whatever, an out-of-state hunt. And um, let's hear your story and let's uh, talk about the the pros and cons of it. I think that's a good idea. And start with um, like how you even picked the piece and and why Kansas. So I wanted to go back to, I was already going to go back to Kansas right after I left because I had such okay. a good experience. Right. And it All was right. just, it was just Got fun it. going out of state, yep. you know, seeing different country. I love to travel. I mean, I was in the Navy. I've been all over the world. And so yeah. I just, it was a new place for me. Right. So I went, I loved it. I wanted to go back. <clears throat> I knew I wanted to go back and do it on public land, uh, do it yourself and just see if I couldn't, you know, get a Kansas stud, you know, out yeah. there you know, that's what people, you know, want. So mm-hmm. I was already going to go back. And then later on in the year, um, you know, I was talking to Jake and then, you know, 
he was like, man, I, I think I really want to go to Kansas. And I was like, well, we're, we're going to, we're going to Kansas. So, you know, we can meet up or whatever, maybe split a room or whatever. So that's what we did. And, uh, you know, he got there three days early and killed on the day that I, or the day, the day before I arrived. So like he was done, yeah. and, uh, which was awesome, man. I'm so, so awesome. Um, so I wanted to go back to Kansas for sure. Um, we put in for unit nine and the year prior hunted unit eight, which is more, um, unit nine is the east side of Kansas. Okay. Um, and we were kind of up towards the top, uh, just below Nebraska. Okay. Um, so I just felt like being up there, I may not have as much pressure pushing in towards the West. I don't know why I just kind of, but it's really just, sure. picked it. I just felt like unit nine was going to be a good unit. It seemed like it was a good unit. So we picked it, got drawn for it, um, which was awesome. And then uh, we just tried to find uh, like a centralized place just to stay. So anywhere we wanted to hunt was within 30 minutes. That was a, okay. that was a big deal. So I do recommend if you are going to go out of state and do it yourself, find a generalized area where you're not having to drive crazy to, you know, you get to a spot and there's a ton of pressure and, you know, you need to go to your backup yeah. plan, you can get there in time and still make it, you know, I so think that was yeah. a huge, huge, huge thing. Yes. And that is something that, that I have found as well. And other, and a bunch of people that I talk to when you're going out of state, like never plan on plan A, <laughs> no, no. right? Cause you're going to, you're going to look at this from a satellite map and everything. And so is everybody else that's going out there. And most oh, yeah. of the time you get there and like the, one of the biggest mistakes I, I made when we made a couple of times, um, elk hunting was like getting to a, to an area and setting up your wall tent and all your stuff and getting all oh, cozied yeah. in only to find out that like the place is shit. Right. So then it's like, oh, I don't want to pack all this up and then move it. So go like, I think that's a great idea is essentially find that central location and go in light and mobile. So like it's easy to move when you get to that first place. Like, yeah, that's good. That looks awesome. Let's go check it out. Oh man, there's too much pressure. Oh, this isn't planted this year. This is all CRP mm -hmm. now. Like it's scrub and there's no, like, there's no deer sign. Like we need to go somewhere else. I don't care yeah. where, but 45 minutes, an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. I 100% agree. Make sure that, that you have that mobility of. of it. Yeah. That was a, that was a super big help. Uh, my trip would have probably been to you 10 times more frustrating not doing that okay um but yeah so uh we get to kansas uh met with jake saw his buck um mm. how'd you pick the week how'd you pick the the time frame that you wanted to go uh actually i left that up to jake i asked him because uh he was having a baby so i was okay. like um you know when do when do you want to go because last year i went the last two weeks of october and okay this year we went uh it was like the 13th through yesterday which was what the 23rd so we yeah. went 10 days so the second week second week into the third week okay um and we figured that would be a really good time you know rut's still happening that type of deal maybe some people have left type of deal mm -hmm. um he got there and ran into 10 different people in three different places in three and a half hours so, you know, I was a yeah. little nervous. I was like, man, this is going to be, you know, this is, I, I don't really know what to think. So we get there and 
you know, we go to our first spot of the millions of pins that I had from the year. I mean, the whole state on my, on my <laughs> app was just filled. Like I just didn't know where anything was. So I just kind of just started centralizing stuff and uh, we get to our first place, no pressure, get in there. You know, we don't see anything, nothing. Um, like for people or for deer or what? Both. Okay. Both. <laughs> awesome sign. Some of the biggest tracks I've ever seen. Um, I wore a lacrosse mud boot size 12 and the track was as big as my front of my boot that's it's huge um and they were fresh like I, we had fresh sign everywhere um yeah no pressure didn't see any deer you know but the spot set up well so it's like all right well i would say you know a good plan like our strategy was just going to be all right let's give each spot a couple days right you know just one day i don't think is enough so we gave each spot two or three days, sat in the spot. Next day, we had four does come in. And we were just, you know, waiting for that buck to come out. You know, you're in Kansas, so we're, we're pumped and nothing. So we hunted again, nothing. Still no pressure, no body. Um, and then, you know, I kind of talked to Jake and was like, hey, you know, you know, where were you getting all this pressure at? Because I haven't seen anybody. Every public piece I passed, I didn't see anybody for days and then finally like halfway through our trip we ended up running into this and in, into a guy um but we only ran into one person the entire trip um but he ran into people nonstop. <clears throat> so um i didn't really have any pressure but you know after talking to some of the locals and stuff like that that very first week and a half the place was slammed like all the hotels were booked everything the place was absolutely mm -hmm. hammered so everybody so, knows the first week in November. Yeah. So at that point, once I found that mm -hmm. out, I knew I was like, okay, we're, we're really going to have our work cut out for us because we weren't seeing, not only were we not seeing bucks, like, yeah, we saw those four does, but that was on the same hunt within three days. Like we weren't even seeing deer, fresh sign everywhere, but we weren't seeing deer at all. Right. So, so you're sitting there. You're, so Jake probably caught the last couple of days. Everyone was in town and yeah. you're starting fresh and so you're looking at it like ha, there's no pressure what the hell this is going to be awesome but well, really yeah. the last 20 days it was everything was being pushed yeah. around and yeah so yeah, we started oh, uh, i started man. noticing at every spot that we stopped at because i would start to we started to kind of drive to a few different places and i was like you know what i'm not gonna go see and like look at these parking areas and just see how like if they're just hammered down and everyone i went to was just torn up with you know truck tracks i'm like okay so we're really gonna have a work cut out for us you know so i start looking at my map and this is like day this is the night of day four um we still hadn't seen anything um and i'm kind of like looking at my map trying to figure out places to go so then i find a place all the way east okay hold on are go you ahead. like okay so you're on day four you're saying mm -hmm. Are you spending, are you sitting every morning and every evening and then scouting during the day or are you, what are you, yeah. What does a day look like for you? So we drove 11 hours straight, didn't stop unless it was for gas. And then we met up with Jake. As soon as we got to meeting up with Jake, we went and hunted right away. Okay. So we didn't really get, I think we had like three hours of sleep that night for the next following morning. So we were pretty dang tired. So those first few days we'd hunt the morning go back to the place we were staying at, which was a different experience as well. Um, 
we pulled up to the place and there's a neon pink cat in the window flashing like it's a bar sign like <laughs> it was pretty rank but the inside of the place was amazing like it was actually a great spot okay um yeah um shit i forgot what i was saying oh no, yeah. So, yeah uh yeah so we would hunt hunt the morning we were kind of just taking a break during the middle of the day yeah. and then get back out there and then hunt the rest of the evening so we did that okay. for the first handful of days gotcha um, all right yeah i just wanted to understand if you were hunting you know those those three hours four hours in the morning four hours in the evening or something like that or if you were actually putting in you know a full 10 hours in the stand every day or you're out on the ground and that that makes sense um okay so four days like that and you you really ain't seeing shit except for a few does and tons of pressure i mean that's probably got to beat you down morally like what are we gonna like how are we gonna fix this right so you yeah and then i was kind of like in my mind i was like all right so are we doing something wrong you know what do i need to do because i've only been back into bow hunting for like four and a half five years so it's not like i'm like out of state been grinding for the last 10 years i know what's going on no not at all um very far from it so and this is the first like other than Ohio, which I had my butt kicked there too. But uh, this was the first like big, big out of state do it yourself. Right. So, okay. you know, for us, we're hunting in our saddles and, you know, pinch points and funnels, you know, some field edges, but that's really where we're trying to catch them. Um, but uh, so day four comes around and um, we found another spot. We actually, I'm sorry, on the night of day three, we, were pretty discouraged. So we got down, went and scouted a spot that night for the following morning. So scouted a spot, we get there, we hunt the morning, nothing. So we decided, all right, let's get down. Let's relook at our maps. Like, let's just, let's just dive and let's do some research. Like, what are we, what are we not doing? What are we missing? So we're missing yeah. something because I've never not even just seen like concentrations of deer. Right. right. So, so how are you when you're out there and you're um you're hunting and you're scouting figuring out where you're going to set up your tree stand and whatnot are you seeing other sign at all of people like boot tracks or like marks in the trees or trash or anything like no, that no, no no and I see that all the time everywhere else that I'm at and uh, that's yeah. kind of it was kind of throwing me off I'm like okay like where am I like I, it just it just felt like I didn't know where I was at all even though like you're going in blind, but usually you can tell pretty quick, like, okay, this spot gets hammered, you know, there's trash and shit or, yeah. oh, I could tell this person's been up in the trees. I didn't see anything like that, nothing. And so after going through all that and looking on the map, I find this other place, right? This is where the story starts to get good. So we, we go there. I'm like, okay, I need to find a spot that's really hard to get to um where if there was pressure like that they didn't go back there like the average guy even if he's a grinder he's probably doesn't want to go back there so look at audrey and said we're gonna go into some shit i uh (laughs) i find a spot that's i don't know it's just over a mile okay go through a few fields and you cross two creek bottoms um sorry if I'm like lagging it's just so much information from the trip I'm trying to like catch it it's just it still has me yeah, torn. Yeah. so um if you need more information just ask but uh yeah so we crossed a few creek bottoms it's just over a mile to get back there uh it's not a hard walk it's just long and okay. I was just 
kind of hoping that it would just deter people from going. One, it's more of a public piece that was kind of away from a lot of the other ones. So I was hoping that people would think like, oh, well, this general population over here, if they're going to hunt the public, they're probably going to go over here. And I don't really want to make that walk. Like, I don't know. I don't want to waste my time to do that. So we get out there, did see a set of tire tracks, but it didn't look like the other places. So we get out there and we're walking down uh, this field edge as we cross the last creek bottom. Really good sign. Okay, just like the other places, I'm like, okay, this is good. It's fresh. You know, this looks like a good funnel. You know, there's good funnels that come in and off a private. The way the wind sets up, it sets up really good for a north wind. And then the other side sets up really good for a south wind. It's perfect. So, so we're going good, on the good field sign. There. Good sign you're seeing tracks, scrapes, oh, yeah. rubs. Everything. Okay. Everything. And uh, we're going down the field edge. And then it kind of cuts back into almost like a little cul-de-sac, like, like you had the field and then it just cuts back into like a little turnaround and it's just like an open, like grassy area with a few trees. And there was two or three really, really fresh scrapes, good scrapes. And we're standing there. I was like, okay, this is a place we're going to hunt here this evening. Like let's find a place to set up. Let's just get set up. I think this will be good. So, and in Kansas, uh, their trees are really gnarly and we're hunting out of saddles. So, you know, if you get in one, that's just leaning way too hard it just becomes really uncomfortable uh-huh. so we're sitting there talking i don't know maybe we were standing there for like seven or eight minutes like in the wide open it's a north wind and the wind is blowing straight down into this creek bottom at the back of the creek bottom there's like a 20-foot cliff that comes up from the field edge that we came off of there's like a little point inside there and uh so we're standing there talking and we take i don't know maybe two or three steps forward and a true Kansas giant jumps up, does like a front flip, falls in the creek, jumps up the creek bank and takes off. I mean, we were literally standing on top of this deer for eight or nine minutes, just talking. Like I was like, I was in so much shock. I like fell over. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Like I didn't have a, I had my bow, like we had our stuff, but not, I didn't have an arrow knock, but I couldn't believe that he had been there after the fact that long, because we walked in like, I went down and stood in that bed and looked out to the field and you could see us 40 yards the entire way walking in and all of our wind is blowing straight down in there. I don't know if he was sleeping. I don't know what he was doing, but he was bedded with the wind towards his face and was looking out towards the field. He had no idea that we were there. We didn't know he was there. If I would have like, literally, if I would have just looked down into the Creek, could have killed him. And he was, how, how far was he? Eight he yards. Well, how far? Eight. <laughs> Eight single digit he was eight like and i don't i I honestly think he was sleeping because you know usually you spook a deer like they get up and they bounce and run off but like how startled he was like he literally got up and then like front flipped like he was hit by a car like just rolling down into this creek and then jumped up like i don't think he had any idea he woke up and went oh shit yeah yeah (laughs) oh shit yeah, and that's what we did. We both were like fell back on the ground, we're like holy, shit, like standing on top of them, basically. And I was just like, I have no idea what just happened. And in my mind, I'm like, well, he's bedded with the wind towards his face, and I can come in from right behind him on top of his bed at like 20 yards. I don't know how that's gonna work, but <laughs> so it just at that point it confirmed we were like, okay, there's a buck bedded right here. We're on public. This is where we need to be. Right. So yeah, that's some great sit, confirmation. 
Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Morale a, booster, man. Day. After four days of grinding it. Oh, dude, it crazy. So, um, let me back up the story really quick. Yeah. Yeah. So right before all this happened, uh, we, I think, did it happen after that? Maybe it happened before that. I don't know. Somewhere in that general area of time frame, uh, in the middle of the day, we got down and went back to the truck and we were going to move. Got in my truck, driving down the road and transmission goes out. Like straight up, no gears, completely, completely down. And uh, that was not planned for. So that was really, really difficult. And we lost like two days of hunting. Um, it took, I mean, it took like two and a half hours to get 18 miles, like to limp it back to the apartment. And it took like six hours to get a hold of somebody to take us an hour south to get a rental car. Then I had to get a tow truck to tow my truck two hours east to get it fixed. Dude, that, that part was a shit show. So that, that, so all of that, I think that happened before that buck, because we were like really, really down and like, man, this oh. trip not going well at all. Dude, and, that uh, sucks. Yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> that one. I remember me. seeing your stories on that. Like, yep, truck is dead. And we are now going to wait 19 and a half hours to go get a Toyota Corolla. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So we had the Corolla. I'm pretty sure it happened before that because we had the Corolla at that spot. So when we saw that okay. book, it was like, okay, confirmation. We're still in the game. Like it can there still happen. You know, I, I thoroughly believe like when I see a minivan or a little Corolla or something out at the public ground, I am personally more afraid of that person than somebody who's got a big beastly truck because that motherfucker is dedicated. Yeah. right <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah dude, there was no way like my truck was going like my truck was dead and you know i told all just like mm -mm. like we're going to find a car i don't care what it is like we're hunting like we're here we drove 11 yep. hours i'm gonna sit in this apartment for the rest yeah of we're time. not quitting no 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 so we got the corolla i mean i was pretty hot i was i was i was pretty upset um and how was audrey doing through all this uh i'm thankful she was there yeah did she out did she was she in high spirits was she like ah it's all good man let's go or was she she starting to get a little she was not happy but she was definitely the glue that held it together for sure yeah awesome. no, no question yeah i would very blessed to have her in my life um i know you're just saying that for the podcast but that's fine no 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 no, no. <laughs> I, I really am i really am no yeah. it is man that's the thing about a hunting partner is like you can get in your own head pretty pretty easily like you have the yeah. keys to your own castle and you can get stuck in your own head and yeah. mentally like give up pretty pretty quickly when shit like that happens when everything's going wrong you're not finding deer your truck breaks down it takes you forever to get a new car it's like why am i even doing this let yeah. me just go right. back to my normal life and do my job and do things that i know like i can do and it's not going to be a shit show <laughs> exactly but at the same time like that's what that I, I feel like making it through that pushing out the other side, like a hunting partner can certainly help with that. Keep the morale high. Like you guys can bounce off each other. I don't want to quit. They don't want to quit, you know? Um, but also just in general, like that grind is what builds, builds character and determination and to keep, keep going. Right. Oh, 1, 000, 1, 000%. So, and so then, so then after all that happens, 
like down in the dumps, like, let's just go try this other spot. Boom. There's a giant. And all of a sudden morale goes from level five to level 150. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And he was like a true Kansas giant. Like he was no question 180 plus. I mean, he was, he was, he was a tank, man. That was a heartbreaker. Ugh. Oh man. I'll, I'll have that story for the rest of my life, but that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, but man, the, the hunting partner thing, like, dude, that's, uh, I try to explain it to people, especially like, it's not like for me and her, like we're hunting partners, but like, we're also in a relationship. So like, and there's guys out there that have like, oh, hey, this is my buddy, like this is a hunting partner and stuff like that. But it's pretty rare. It's pretty cool to pretty cool to have around. So um but yeah so yeah i mean that'll that'll test the bonds of your relationship too for sure (laughs) (laughs) so so we sit there that evening right after we bumped this year okay um and we kind of i was like okay well he's sitting here on a north wind like he's gonna if he sat here on a north wind like he's gonna come around and try to get downwind and, and get back in here if he decides to so we go back on the bank and get up above the bed and it's like 20 foot above the bed um, or 20 foot bank above the bed. And then we're up. Okay. Um, we get up on the ridge and the ridge is just shredded. I mean, every it's like every tree was just torn up. I mean, I was like, okay, so this is, we're right where we need to be. Let's just, we'll just wait it out. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow morning we'll come back. We'll just wait it out. And we'll just, we'll sit here for a few days and we'll just see what happens. So nothing happened that night. The next morning we hunt. Same, was spot. A north, same spot it was, it was a northeast wind it's perfect we get in there and uh he doesn't show up but uh two bucks come out in the in the um the field i'd say maybe 150 yards from us and i th- i think the one was like a low 135 maybe ish nice solid deer uh but we both would have shot him um i gave him the old snort wheeze and grunt and all that good stuff and he eventually decided to come around he hit the field edge um perpendicular to us come down check a scrape came around and tried to j-hook we passed his test he came up into the creek where we were on the bed at 35 yards and audrey couldn't get a shot he was it was just too thick a brush like it was all like this like that four or five foot like baby sapling trees they're just really yeah. close together and she just wasn't comfortable just it just didn't happen so are you guys like are you guys set up so you're in this like you're on this like kind of ridge above a creek a creek bed right yep how far off from the field are you are you 10 yards are you right on it are you 50 yards 50 50 okay yeah yeah, 50 yards but you can still see it right you can still see the field and everything yeah Yeah. you could see it you could film it you could how far down to the creek is it uh where she where she was facing it was it was probably 35 40 yards okay where i was sitting maybe 20 okay and then how wide was this like creek ravine i'm trying to what i'm trying to do is build a mental image for myself and maybe some of the listeners on how this is like set up like are we talking of a ravine that's like 100 yards wide or 200 yards wide maybe 50 Okay. I would say it's right at about 50 yards wide, the actual okay. timber creek bottom itself yeah. edge to edge from field to okay. field. Both sides of that were corn. Okay. I would say so at, that's at, a, at the very, yeah, at the very most, probably 50. Okay. 50 and yards. so that's a 
I mean, what so what I'm hearing is is a pinch with a pinch point with all the buck signs, all the rubs, beds. You got food all around. You got bucks out in a field on public ground during the day. Yep. You're you're in a phenomenal position at this. Oh, point. no doubt, it's a money spot. Yeah. Now this spot was the first spot. I I think it was the first spot that Jake went to on day one and he went in and I only found this out after I told him that we, we bumped this buck, but he went in there and he, he basically sat right where we were sitting. Um, and like, I think a couple, <laughs> couple hours, dude, this, this is crazy how this, this hunt happens. He was sitting there, I think for a couple hours and he had three guys come in with decoys and they just started walking the Creek bottom, like back and back and forth. And he was just like, this is not going to work. So he bounced, yeah. you know, he bounced, but he knew there was good sign in there. And, uh, you know, I had messaged him that day, like right afterwards, I was like, dude, you have no idea what just happened. You know, we just bumped a booner. It was like eight yards. You know, here's the, like, here's my pin. Like, this is where I was. And he was like, dude, that's the exact spot I was sitting. And this guy <laughs> came in with those decoys. I was like, what? He said, yeah, you're sitting right behind. There's like a little, like old school, like shooting house in like a deformed tree stand. Right. And I was like, yeah, man. That's the spot. Thanks, bro. So it's like, it yeah, I already a, found that. Yeah. But it made me feel really good because I didn't know that was the spot that he was at. And that means my mind is, is, is working in the right direction. So right. like, yeah, that felt good. I was okay. like, okay, cool. That's fair. So we knew we were in a good spot. You know, we had that deer come in at, at 35 yards. Um, it didn't happen. And then we hunted the next day in that, in that same area. Um, and we got winded twice. I had another buck come out from the east side and, you know, I gave him, I called at him a couple of times and he paid attention and then instantly, instant winded, got winded by some does from the other side. I don't know. So we're like, all right, well, we've been here for three days. Like, let's go find another spot. Like, yeah, we got a good sign, but like, it's not happening. Let's just keep moving. You know, we're, we like to be mobile, keep trying new stuff and just get in a spot where it's hot. Um, so we, uh, some, some people would say like, you are in this spot. That's yeah, hot. Would. like, why? Would. Yeah. So you just or, did, you know, the, the old saying, don't leave deer to go find deer. Yeah. You know, but I mean, we were after, we, we were after, we wanted to be after a specific deer and we wanted it to be close. So, and we were at like, yeah, the shots were there, but you know, we were having it to, to that spot. We were having to drive 45 minutes, you know, in okay. the morning to get there. And then it was another, you know, mile walk to get in, you know, fully loaded out packs, like camera equipment, all that stuff. Like the stuff's not light, you know, like I'm not in crazy, like mountain shape, you know, so it's not easy. And then you're doing it from sun up to sundown you know, it wears on you. So, yeah, no, I, just, yeah, I have, I, mean, I have, hats. yeah, I have stand ADD as well. So yeah, like oh, you man. sit there and you sit there a few days and you just like, you get a sense that you're like burning it out or yep. that it's just like not going to happen. And you want to go see some new scenery and see yep. some new sign. Cause maybe you, nobody knows, but maybe, you know, 300 yards that way or over on this property, you have a better setup with a better wind and like, there's just as good a box over there. And maybe exactly. that one that you bumped is over there. You don't know. So, exactly. and we wouldn't have yep. bumped that deer unless we would have got down from the other spot that we were in. Right. We did those does and went and scouted. So it was just, 
you know, scout until I really find what, what we're looking for. And we did with that spot, but like you were saying, you know, it felt like we were, we didn't, I didn't want to burn it out and we still had days left. So I was like, all right, well, we just got winded today. Obviously the wind that it's at right now is not working for where we're at. And we can't sit on the other side because it was all private. So went to a new spot, went and scouted, did the same thing, got down early, went to go scout and uh, saw some good sign. It was a pinch point. And in this area, it was like a pinch point funnel, not very wide, right? But it was surrounded by three different fields of food. Nice, nice creek bottom. It had really good cover and cedars on one side, like thick for, I mean, a really good chunk. Um, but they all funneled down to this one spot. Like if they wanted to get to the private areas and get away from the pressure, they had to go through there. Did you see uh, that on satellite or did you find that just by boots? Yeah, saw it on on e-scouting. Um, okay. And that was not a place that I had a pin. Like, I just stopped looking at any of the pins that I had. I just mm. threw those out. And I was like, okay, the places I didn't look or I decided not to do probably are because I thought they were shitty. So if I thought they were shitty, everybody else probably thought they were shitty too. So. Sure, that's fair. This spot was, it was further north. And I, I was just trying to. I was almost in my mind just trying to think about like, okay, how can I get away from where people were where there just wasn't as much pressure? Well, this one area is um, like, it was only, it only opened up on November 1st for walk-in access. Whereas all the other ones opened up early September. Okay. So in my mind, I was thinking, okay, so it didn't have September pressure. If anyone was there, it didn't have October pressure. And if it did have, anything in the last week and a half like maybe it just wasn't as much like it's all the way north chances are there's probably not that many people that are going to hunt up there towards the borderline so i'm going to go up there so we went up there scouted it we saw some good sign the night that we sat in there we saw a buck in the back you know right hand corner and uh it was only like i don't know 70 yards so we went back in there the following morning and it's at the same spot. We're like, okay, this is still a spot. We're just going to sit right here and just almost just treat it as observation sit and just see what happens. And uh, saw another one. So the following day, we ended up hunting there and nothing. No deer, no nothing. I'm like, God dang. Like, it's just, I don't know what's like, do we stink? Are we making a lot of noise? Are we not accessing right? Like, what am I not doing? So, we decided to stay there just because I could tell there hasn't been any pressure there. There were some bird hunters all the way on the other end. And they said they had been hunting there for a few days. Um, and then they had another group of guys that were bird hunting on the other end a few days before them. So in my mind, I was thinking, okay, well, if these are guys that are out here with guns way over here. Like I can't imagine there would have been other bow hunters that have come all the way back here. So we sat there and at this point, you know, we're kind of feeling down again, like, dude, like, I don't know if this is going to happen, you know, like just sec you, when you're out there, you just start second guessing, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, so we hang out and it's like, I don't know, maybe a minute before shooting light, like the pins were, they were fading. I could, you could hit it. You could hit a 25 yard shot, but I mean, it was fading and fading fast. Like the night was done. 
and we were cold and, you know, I had said to Audrey, like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm ready whenever you are, you know? And she's like, yeah, you know, I've been kind of thinking the same thing. Like, let's get down, you know, let's look at the winds. Let's see if that other spot where we had that, that big buck at, let's see if it sets up for that for tomorrow. I was like, all right, that's a good idea. I like how you're thinking, like, let's go ahead and get down. So she lowers her bow, starts packing up. I don't know, 30 seconds later, I lower my bow. My bow touches the ground. It like, it was like clockwork. Like my bow touched the ground and then a giant doe barrels right past us and a 150 runs right in, stops complete broadside at 13 yards, looks right at us. No idea we were there. Turns around, walks straight back and then stops at 40 yards. I couldn't get my bow up. My bow's on the ground you know and yeah at this point now it's like it's dark it's over and we're just like <laughs> oh my god like come on like you've got to be kidding, uh, dude. like it just you know a rookie mistake you know you yeah you're gonna get down too early but well you've had whatever you know eight nine days previously of getting uh, down and not seeing shit so it's like all right let's just get out of here and try to you know because sometimes sometimes i get the feeling that i'm like all right I feel like a bunch of deer are going to come in here in the dark. I want to get out of here. Like if I can't shoot them, I want to get out of here before I have to sit here for two hours or they come in and yeah. they bust me or whatever, you yes. know? Um, and I don't know. I, before anyone comes and ridicules me about that, I don't know if that's ever the right way of thinking, but I know everyone, a lot of people think it, and maybe it's just an excuse to get out of the tree early, uh, but yeah, man, I, uh, I freaking I know exactly what you mean. Um, when you're when you're sitting there thinking about it but <laughs> oh dude i'll giant, be the first the one I'll comes the first rolling. One. yeah I'll, I'll be the first one to raise my hand and be like all right like i'm ready to get down like if it happens great but like i'm ready to get down and no i'm not shooting a doe because i'm not doing all that work to get out of here at night like, <laughs> unless it's a stud like i'm just not i right. don't care um and where this spot set up it was almost like you had you had two giant public parcels where the just the tips of the corners touched and then on the other side like a diamond shape it was the the private so and we were kind of like right on the edge where they funnel back and forth between the public so there was a solid chance you know you shoot one and it's probably going to go it's either going to go that way or it's going on either one of the private and you're going to have to get permission to get it off the, the kansas law is very very clear that the landowner has the right like you're not going to call the, the DNR officer or the game warden to get permission. It's the landowner. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a roll of the dice and, you know, we had that encounter. It sucked. Um, I, dude, I was fucking pissed. Like I was really, really mad because <laughs> I knew better. I knew, I, I just knew better, but like the self-esteem was just so far down. I was just like, man, let's just go like let's let's start over again like maybe we'll go back to this other place and uh it happened and dude i was so mad walking out like i just i don't i don't don't even think i talked to audrey like i was just silent you know and she was pissed too because like uh, when we first started hunting together we used to hunt like in the same tree until we like got her like set up on equipment and like her comfortable and stuff and now we we try to find trees that are close enough where we're in the same the same spot where we can like hey you know like kind of whisper or whatever and uh so it was right there in her shooting lane i mean like 30 seconds is i mean she probably would have had the shot before i did like that was just as much hers as mine so i mean she was mad you know like oh my god we're pretty pissed 
Mm-hmm. So we decided to, um, after talking about it for a bit, we were like, okay, yeah, that happened. That sucked. But she said that was the buck that she saw, you know, travel through there those two times. So I was like, okay, well, you know, he's here, like he's, he's going back and forth through this funnel, you know? And, uh, so we sat that spot a couple of times and then, uh, the wind at this point, like we're like almost through our trip and, you know, I'm looking at the map and looking at, you know, apps and stuff and looking at the wind and nothing keeps set. Like it's not setting up for that place where we bumped that deer. Like, it was just, you're not going to be able to get in there unless it's a North wind. Like that's it. So we never went back there and we just said, okay, we're just going to commit to this spot where we had this encounter. Like, let's just sit, commit. Like it's a four-way funnel, like deer come through here. Like the sign is, it's stupid. The trails are, you know, their car, I mean, they're like carved deep, like it was the place to be, but years you know, and years and years of trails. I think we were a week and a half short. So but if I had to, um, and we can talk about whatever, but, you know, I'm probably going to try to go back to Kansas. And if I do, it's probably not going to be the same time frame or even the two weeks prior, but it'll probably be the last two weeks of October. Wait, so, so that was, that's the end of the story. You guys sat there and you didn't see shit. And- didn't see shit, bro. Didn't see shit. We were literally beat down the entire trip. Like, so the so, how many so, so wait that the 150 that came in at 13 yards was that like one or two or three days before your last day that was three three days so then you sat there for the next two days and nothing nothing not oh anything. my god not even and, a, and not even same. a different buck no nothing oh i'm sorry i'm sorry we saw a doe the following morning at like 45 yards and she was on the private edge and she the way she peaked she was i don't know if she was being chased or what because she kind of peeked out checked the field and then she took off like she was gone we were downwind of her but she looked like you know the same exact doe that was running from that buck Mm -hmm. the other night and i mean i thought i thought no quite like there was no question in my mind i thought for sure a buck was coming out never happened never Mm -hmm. happened yep no, at that point, we just decided, like, hey, you know what? Like, let's just commit. Let's just commit to the spot. Like, it has everything that we need. It has everything working for it. The right. wind's working for us. So, you know, let's just give it a chance. Like, what else do we, like, what do we got to lose? Like, what's the worst that could happen? We don't see a deer. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, right. yeah. it, was just, it was just at that point, you know? Um, but, I mean, like, yep. going back, looking at the trip, I mean, we saw seven does. We saw one, two, three, four, five bucks on the trip and had, you know, if you really want to look at technically three shooting opportunities, but it just didn't play in our favor. Didn't materialize. You know, I had the one at 35 yards, couldn't get a shot. We had the one standing underneath us. If we would just put our head down, we could have killed him and you could have threw a rock at him. And then the other one, my bow was on the ground. All right. quality deer, all on public land. You know, we found the spots, you know, so there's there's a lot of successes in there. And after talking to a lot of people that I, I kept seeing a lot of guys in Kansas smashing quality deer. And I could not, I, I was like, I don't, 
what the fuck are we doing? Like, what are we not doing? <laughs> you know, and it just drives you crazy because you yeah. know, it does that and you only see the good, you never see the bad. So yeah. So I started messaging some guys that you know lived out there. It's like, hey man, what's the trick? Like, we're getting our butts kicked. Like, what what are we doing? What's the silver bullet? Give it to me. They, every every guy I talked to said ground hunt and decoys. Everyone. And Which we were not hunting that way at all. Not even. No. And no. that's what uh that's what Jake Bush ran into. Yeah. Guys ground hunting with and decoys on the bow, right? Decoys on the bow. Um and they were, you know, hunting draws and stuff. And we were looking at draws and all that stuff. But like, yeah, I mean, a lot of them they would tell me, hey, you know, you need to glass, you know, early early in the mornings. You know, it's really, really important, you know, find out where they're bedded and then get as close as you can with the decoy and then you're kind of waiting for them to get up and then and then do your thing dude that was uh like dude i've never hunted with a decoy like i don't even know where to start and i'm not going to buy one just because i'm in tennessee decoy is not going to work here i'm also from michigan like calling doesn't even work there like i'm not using a decoy i don't even know what to do so yeah i would that was on a so that was on a Kafaru cast with Aaron Snyder. Do you listen to that one at all? Do you listen to Kafaru okay, cast? I, lo- I lost you for a minute. Back so up, back that up. was, yeah, that was, have you, do you ever listen to Kafaru cast? I have not. Okay. So Aaron Snyder runs Kafaru cast. Kafaru makes backpacks. I got them. Um, they're pretty, pretty slick backpacks. Um, but he had a podcast guest on it. I forget the guy's name or anything, but that was, like the tactic, um, whatever the heads up decoy is, I think, yeah. or something like that. Yep. Put it on your bow and go get them. Um, and the dude that talked about it was very successful, um, at it year over year over year. So he watched, he did ex- that exact tactic, which is be in some big CRP, um, some see some river bottoms and whatnot, and watch these deer chase does. And then once they kind of hole up in an area, get on over there with your decoy <laughs> and it, makes, it just pisses me off so much dude, dude. like because i did we did so much research and you know you try you try really hard to do as much research as you can before you go i mean heck i had months and you know nowhere did i see like oh hey you know <laughs> these are good tactics like blah 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 and uh, yeah you know there's i i think there's something to be said about that um all all there who knows if that would have worked either because at that point they might have seen so many heads up decoys they're like ha not get me with that shit like that looks like the boogeyman to me i'm out so so i mean that could certainly not work and then also like i mean even in tennessee or wisconsin i have a buddy who uses a heads up decoy and he's killed bucks on the ground on public ground in wisconsin and i don't i even though he does it i still don't deploy the tactic because i'm not like that confident in it But at the same time, like, because you're not doing that, that could have made you more effective. You know, uh, there's different ways to hunt all over the place. And just, I I would agree that, that, that maybe that's like the way that they're able to kill good bucks out there. I don't know. I'm not from Kansas, but I have to believe that you can certainly still kill. Clearly you had almost three up two. we'll call it two and a half opportunities, two and a half, two and a half, uh, (laughs) <laughs> two and a half opportunities at good bucks out of a tree stand using like traditional methods. Right. Yeah. So, um, and that's the one, like the one thing about the public ground that I've really found out by me. Um, and even on my private piece 
is just because the trails are worn in, that doesn't mean they're highly used that year. That just means they're been used generation over generation over generation. And think how long deer have inhabited that area, you know, 70 years, 90 years, 110 years, and they like the same trails. So like at some point they're going to get freaking worn in, you know, there's only so many ways you can move across that landscape. And I know like I've sat great, great trails. I mean, trails that you look at and go, oh my God, I'm going to sit here and see 50 deer tonight. And you see a fawn, you know, and you're like, okay, what is going on here after a few days of sitting or you put a trail camera on it and you don't see anything. It's like, okay, so this thing's just worn in over time. And those are some of the, you know, I do some videos on um, like pieces of public ground where you can get baited into sitting the wrong spots like like you look at a piece and you're like oh this has got great trails or oh man this is a beautiful oak flat a mile back and you get baited into sitting there only to have other hunters walk in and only to realize like halfway through the season that this is a hot spot for other hunters and there really aren't any deer here except for at 2 a.m you know i got Um, several spots like that yeah (laughs) right it's and it's really really hard to figure those spots out i've I, you know, there's spots where I look at them and I go, this is a bait spot. I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to get baited into sitting in this spot. And they could be phenomenal. I don't know. Cause I don't sit them. I just don't have confidence. I think it comes down to sitting them, not having success. And then, and then learning from that and looking at, and then in the future, you're looking at them. Like, I just don't have confidence in it. I'm going to keep pushing on. I'm going to keep yep. moving past. You know, that was that thing that I asked, Co- I tried to get out of Cody DeQuisto was um, how do you know when you're pushing too far in, right? How do you know when you're going too far? And he was like, his response was hilarious. He goes, well, how do you know you go too far? I was like, I, you bumped the deer. He goes, okay, well then you just learned that's where the deer's betting. So now don't go that far next time. Like the only, you never go too far. Cause you always learn something. And I was like, ah, I guess that's a great way to look at it. You yeah, know, it doesn't, it doesn't work well for that hunt, but maybe next year, maybe tomorrow, or maybe the next week, like now, you know, so don't do it again. Just don't make yeah. the same mistake twice. Yeah. That definitely maybe that's why I listened to that right there is exactly why I listened to that podcast twice. Cause when he was talking about, you know, big deer and bedding and stuff like that. And it's like, man, you know what? Like we bumped that deer and then we went like, we accessed basically right there and then sat right up, you know, on top, like obviously he's betting there for a reason. Like he's not that stupid. So, you know, did we blow it by getting too close? And he already knew we were there, even though the wind was in our favor, you know, there's just, there's so many things. And, and dude, it's like, like we, even though all the shit that happened on our trip, like we had a lot of negative stuff happen on our trip. Like it was just left, right, left, right. You know, we just, uh, like what we did have, like, was super positive. And like, ex- for me and and her and us, like, was extreme successes. Like, the deer that we keep running into are quality deer. Like, they're all Pope and Young deer. They're, you know, or above. And that's what we're looking for. And it's on public. So for anyone to say, like, we weren't successful is, you know, a hawk of shit. You know, we just didn't get to kill one. I mean, that's it. But you know, we're right. definitely going back or to Nebraska, one of the two. So, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I would say like, I mean, what can you hope for out of a nine day public ground hunt that you've never been to before? I would say like reasonable, 
you know, reasonable expectations is, is what you guys had happen. Like I would like a couple opportunities. I think that that's a reasonable expectation to, and I think that's part of, you know, that Kafaru cast that I told you about earlier. That's something that Aaron, Aaron Snyder talks about often is like, Hey, can you, people ask him all the time. Um, can, can you point me in the direction of a bull? I don't need like uh, a 350 bowl, maybe like a, a high two hundreds or something like that, you know? And he's like, man, if you're on public ground, shoot the first Brown thing you see, like, even if it's a cow or, or barely legal, like you're lucky to get that on your first year. And for me, it took, what was it? I think it was my third or fourth. It was my fourth time out there. My fourth time elk hunting. I finally killed one, yeah. you know, that's 30 days, um, two and like, so anyway, I think that, I think that tempering your expectations to just getting opportunities, like I want to get opportunities and looking back after nine days and you saying all in all, like we saw seven does and five Pope and young bucks, like that's better than what most people, I, I know some guys who came to Wisconsin this year for nine days and they saw a Pope and young buck one yeah. after nine days, like, and they were hunting non-pressured very low pressure ground in Wisconsin. I know exactly where they were. Um, and I had high hopes for them. And it's just one of those things that it's, man, it's tough. It's tough. And te- uh, setting your expectations to what you're after uh, is the first is the first step in ensuring that you don't mentally destroy yourself. Yeah. yeah you no know? doubt. Yeah. No, no doubt for sure. Yeah. I would say if you're going to do it, then make sure you're doing it for, you know, the love, like, make, like, you know, you love the hunt. Yeah. Like everybody hunts because you love to hunt. Right. And mm-hmm. a lot of people lose sight and there's these, you know, trophy animals and stuff like that. But if you're going to do an out of state hunt, especially for the first time, like make sure you love what you're doing and go for yeah. the, like, just go for the experience, go for the travel, yeah. you know, go for the laughs. So, you know, if you're with family, family, you know, and if you have a chance, then like, great, you know, hopefully you can see some stuff and connect. And if you do, then like, yeah, it makes it all that much, you know, worthwhile. But, you know, if you're successful every single time, then, you know, what are you chasing? <laughs> That's how I look at it. Like, you know, you like at, at some point, like, you know, unless you're like, I, for me, I feel like, you know, if I was someone that was killed a 200, you know, every single year I'm, I'm private, like that's boring. After a, few, after a few oh, years, I could see that being boring. Yeah, but I mean, like, but, yeah, the adventure, know, the adventure yeah, is what you're after. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, dude, like I want to shoot big deer too. Like, but I want to, I want to go find those deer. I want to find them. I want to know mm-hmm. that I found them. I'm smarter than him. I got them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I had a, a friend of mine, Dylan Lenz. Um, he's at, yeah, he was at breaking point. Yep. Yep. He's a solo photographer now works on his own. He po- he had a great post the other day and he said, small antlers, huge adventure. It's what I'm after. Right. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think that's, I mean, for the love of the adventure is why so many people go because they're looking for something different. Right. Yeah. It may, you know, if, if you're after, you know, a 200 incher in Kansas, fuck get a guide right get a guide get a lease like exactly but for the for the diy guys that that are listening to this and it's um one of those things are you planning out a new uh a new adventure next you're already looking into yeah you know you've had a a rough go of it this season 
and you're looking into next season already, or you're trying to figure out what you're going to do in the late season coming up. Um, you know, I forget where I was going with this, but. I liked it. It sounded good. Yeah, it did. It was sounded, it sounded great. And then all of a sudden it's just like brain fart dead. Uh, anyway, I mean, go like, yeah, you're going for the, you're going for the adventure and the fun. That's what those guys are after. Right. And, um, and I think the other really nice thing about going on a public land, the thing that's nice for me is I have zero expectations. When I go out of state, I'm like, dude, give me the basket rack. I'm after, I'm good. I'm good with that. You know, whereas if I'm hunting in state and I got all this time, I'm like, all right, you know, I'm after a few of these bucks that are greater than 140. I have them on trail camera. I have all this done. When you're out of state, it's like, I have no idea. Anything to me at this point is going to be a trophy. Um, so let's figure out, let's figure out what sign I'm seeing, where I'm at. And when this buck comes in, maybe I'm not going to shoot a basket on day one of an eight day hunt, but you bet you I'd shoot that basket on day eight. Oh yeah. Yeah. No <laughs> doubt. I mean, that's, that's exactly where, where we were at. Like, you know, we set an expectation. So we started there. And we were getting that. And then as the trip went, we're like, okay, hey, you know, if a, one of these does comes in range, like, unless there's like an awesome buck chasing her, like, I feel really right. bad for her because she's about to get whacked. You yeah. Know? And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was going to be, you know, I, you know, you set your expectations, but at the end of the day, like, you know, we were there to have fun. And I mm-hmm. guarantee you, you know, if we would have had like the true opportunity bow in hand and it presents itself, like, it doesn't matter what it is, like, yeah i'm gonna take it and have a good time but you know just like how you were saying you know back here where we're here all the time you know you have a little bit more intel more time to play around you know you can you know set whatever expectations you want but it all goes back to having fun man just enjoy it enjoy the grind like you know (laughs) yep so okay so recapping recapping the trip i want to talk about the the pros and cons all right we're going to start with with the cons a cons a the truck broke down <laughs> yeah con is did not plan for a $4,500 transmission didn't plan for that okay right. so uh i'm not saying you need to plan for that but like you know you should you should definitely plan adequately as far as financially going like one of the greatest things i ever heard was don't live outside your means like yeah you know, very common sense so that was a huge con um yeah, I think for that one, like one of the things I do every year before I head to Colorado is I have, I drop my truck off at, I got a local mechanic that I go to for everything and I go, Hey, you know, I got a 2,500, 3,000 mile trip coming up. going to do some gnarly shit in the back yep. roads. Can you just look this over? Can you check everything? So it's very unlikely that my truck is going to break down, you know, tires, yeah. shocks, transmission fluid, like yeah fuck check my windshield washer fluid i don't yep. care like just give yep. look at everything check my spark plugs like just so i have peace of mind that it's unlikely that i'm gonna have to bail out of this hunt because for sure my truck ate shit yeah for sure for sure so yeah so that was a con um i don't know if this is really a con i've been kind of i've been debating about this in my head a little bit but um like the time frame that i was there sure like, we had a, we didn't, we did not have really any pressure at all, but there was a ton of pressure right, but right before we were there. So either in my mind, I'm thinking late to the party and deal with the pressure, or, you know, if I wasn't late to the party, I would have just had to deal with the pressure, but maybe I would have had better opportunities because 
either, you know, fully in rut and they're running around and maybe, you know, you just have more deer going, like maybe that's yeah. a con and I was just too late to the party or not being before there in late October type of deal. So mm -hmm. not saying that's a con. I just, I can't toss that one up right now. But. Yeah. That's a, that's a hard one because there's, there's pros and cons of every time frame, right? That late October time frame. The pro is you're beating the, you're, you're likely to beat a lot of the pressure. You know, those yeah. last, if, especially if you're the second to last week in October, you're likely to beat right. the pressure, but at the same time, it's also a little less likely that the deer are really moving, you right. know, that the bucks are going. So you're, you're like, you're, you're trading that off there. Um, and right. that's not to say that like, you know, every spot, these are all general, general thoughts, you know, because I, I firmly believe that every area, the deer are different. They're all individuals. They all have different timeframes that they like to work on. And maybe you're going to see more activity in the last week of October than you do the first week of October based on the deer behavior there, the individuals there, the bucks, the individual bucks that are there, the individual does when they go into heat, all that shit. Yep. It's, it's all kind of up in the air, but it's, that's the generalization that you're going to have less deer activity in late October than you are in the first week of November during daylight. So yeah, pro and con there pro yep. for pro for sitting the first week of October, theoretically more movement con more pressure right you sure. may not want to sit yeah. in the stands that you want to sit in or you may get in a stand like jake and have three guys come in with decoys and start roaming the whole area and then kill a buck right exactly <laughs> oh yeah jake yeah yeah and jake ends up i mean i remember watching his story he's like so there's all these people everywhere i'm just gonna go sit this little scrub piece of public over here that like looks like nothing hopefully there's something in here boom dude, he, had, <laughs> he, he called me and it's like dude i had I had cows 20 yards from me the entire night. And then the last five minutes, this box walks out. So I shot him. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that sounds like an exact place I would have sat. Right. <laughs> exactly. Congratulations, man. So, right. Yeah, I'm still super happy for him. Um, but, you know, still learning. Yeah. Um, I had another con. Uh, con, doing yourself, doing yourself, <laughs> do it yourself, out of state, public land hunt. Um, I would say uh, it's a lot of work. Um, it is a lot harder than what people believe it to be. Because again, you know, with social media, you always see like, you know, people just putting down hammers, you know, whatever, like, it's not, it's, that's not reality. It's not realistic. No. Like, it's just not right. But nobody's going to, you know, post their trip. That's, you know, shitty. I mean, I'm going to, but. Right. You know, no, you, and you don't get the likes on it. You don't get the shares no. on it. It's a lot of work. The Being thing that I, yeah, the thing that I like to always, if people get down like that and they're like, you know, and, and it starts to roll through, I'll get a few messages from newer hunters coming through Instagram and whatnot here in the next few weeks is like, man, I've been grinding and out. Uh, it's just, it's tough. Like I'm not doing so well, yada, yada, yada. Uh, everybody's else is killing big bucks. And then the thing I like to remember is there's 200 thousand bow hunters in wisconsin all right your your facebook or instagram feed is showing you 30 bucks 30 yep. out of two hundred thousand hunters yep. you know like you're talking about a very you know people always talk about the success rate for elk hunting you know for yeah. for a buck the for a bull the success rate for bow hunting in the midwestern states is it's better than other states but at the same time it's still not good yeah. especially for a pope and young buck it is not good at all yeah like 
you're in a very, very select few if you are. And social media just exacerbates that and shows you that everyone is, but it's really, it's really not the case. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I, I, I always say to Audrey all the time because, you know, she's, I'm green, but she's still super green. Like in as far as, you know, like her hunting career, I guess you could say, whereas, you know, Hey, we don't see deer. And I'm like, Hey, we've seen all these deer. We've had all these opportunities. Like you've had your bow in your hand five different times in the last five hunts. Like there's people that go all year. They don't even get to, they don't even pick your bow up because they didn't see anything. Right. You know? so it's just, you gotta love it, man. You have to yep. love it. But, no. Um, uh, what, um, real quick, you said, I mean, you said it's a lot of work and I wanted to ask this question. I missed it earlier. I missed the time, but right. what kind of like, um, you said you had a bunch of, you had your backpack, you ran a saddle. Um, what was your like setup that you're running every day and forget the camera gear. Cause that's not applicable for everybody, but what were you, you just want to know the gear I have or like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What was on your back? Like, what are you walking into the woods with? Um, so, you know, obviously if it's cold, you're like, you know, you got your heavy gear on like your heavy yeah. clothes. So obviously that yeah. weighs you down. You have heavier boots that weighs you down. Uh, I'm running a, uh, I think you pronounce it, the Eberly, Eberly stock. Is that how you pronounce it? Eberly stock? Yeah. I don't know. It's backpack <laughs> X2 Eberly stock. Someone can correct it. Whatever. Eberly Correct. stock X2 backpack. It's a frame pack. Uh, it like fillets open. So okay. on both sides, you know, you have, you can really fit your camera gear in there really, really well. And then it has like a folding thing that comes off the front to hold like your platform. So in my bag, you know, the bag weighs a little bit. Then you have your camera gear that's in there, which weighs more than what people think, even if you have lighter stuff. Um, oh, yeah. Have my saddle platform. Okay. And a lot of the times we were on long walks in. So I wouldn't even put my saddle on until I get to my tree. That's going inside my bag. You know, I got snacks in my bag. I got game bags inside my bag. I got all the little stuff, knives. Sure. Kit, what about, kit, did you whatever. have climbing sticks or did you put those yeah, on? I, I had climbing sticks. Um, I have a set of Timber Ninja sticks, okay. which are super, super light, um, but it's still weight on your pack. You know, it right. just, yeah. Adds up. you know, I think at the, I don't know, it's probably a, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, it was probably a 50 pound pack. I mean, you know, you're carrying a ton of crap, you know, yeah. it's just, uh, you know, and then for me, I, I just, one, I always carry extra stuff because I don't want to be back there and then be like, fuck, I have to walk a mile back to the truck just right. to get this one thing. Like, I don't want that. I just put it in my back and just carry it and just deal right. with it. So sure. my yeah. pack was definitely loaded out. Uh, it was pretty heavy. Um, okay. Just odds and ends stuff. Yeah. No, and I just wanted to, yeah, I just curious about that because people run different things, right? People run a tree stand and sticks. People will run nothing. People will run just sticks and a, and a saddle. People run sticks platform and a saddle. It's all like, I was just curious as to what you were, you were. No, I took it all. With. I took it all every day. <laughs> yeah, I took it. Yeah, it was, it got, I mean, I was sore at the end of my trip, like, yeah. I'm not hunting every day like that consecutively. Like I'm not a professional hunter. So, you know, I just, yeah, in the best shape. I mean, hell, I worked at a car dealership <laughs> for years. So, um, but yeah, no, pack was, was weighted down pretty good. Okay. Um, I carried everything with me. Yeah. Hunted out of a saddle, um, sticks, platform. Okay. Gotcha. But man, I, I tell you, dude, like 
and when the first time we we had a podcast together I was telling you like just starting to get into self-filming and man dude that is so much work I don't want to go into that too far because it's just like its whole thing but like that is so much work you gotta really love doing that because it's uh it's very time consuming and it's just extra weight dude like sometimes I'm just like man I do not want to bring it because it just weighs me down like I don't want it but yeah I 100% agree the yeah, the self-filming aspect, I should do a podcast on that at some point because I do it almost every trip. The last few last few hunts I've had, I've not um, just because I've just at this point, I'm like, man, I just want to get something on the ground. I don't even need to get it on camera. Like yeah. I don't you know, I had one I had one hunt this year that um, I know like that just how I was set up and everything like that camera gear with the camera arm sticking out, it, it would have increased my odds of being seen. Um, cause I had, I had deer within 10 yards and I was like, man, these, like, there's almost no way they would miss this, especially in a naked tree. Like I'm already exposed already. Right. Um, so people could say like, well, then what's the additional of the camera? The problem with that is like the movement, the movement of getting the camera, right. Hitting the record button, then getting back to your bow. And the other thought is a lot of these interactions you have with these deer last 15 seconds or less. Yep. Right. Yep. So like when you, when, when a normal hunter looks at a deer uh, coming in, they're like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Get my bow, put my release on. I'm ready. You know? And that takes like three seconds when you're self filming. It's like, okay, where's my camera? Uh, grab my bow, uh, get the camera going. Shit. It's turned off. Got to turn it on. Got to get the focus, right? Crap. Do I need to zoom in? Okay. Hit record. Oh, uh, sh- uh, grab my bow, grab my release. Oh man. He walked out of the frame. How do I do this? You know, and at that, 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 <laughs> that point, you look just like me. Oh dude. It's exactly. It's ex- I've done it so many times. It's like, ah, oh, and you're just like going back and forth, freaking out. And then all of a sudden the deer's like, in your lane and it's walking out of your lane you're like oh is that a shooter shit i didn't even have time to look so i'm fucking with my camera you know and it's like all that stuff just it irritates me to a point where i'm just like uh, at at a certain point in the season i'm like f it don't even care i'm just gonna shoot one now like that's all i'm worried about i'm not even gonna bring my gear um and that's something that's like that's every individual personality i know jake brings his shit every yeah, time he does, he does. But, but he also kills every other time <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? he's, he's a dick like that yeah um, he's a jerk yeah so okay back to back to the cons so we had we had the truck we had the yeah. time frame um essentially the the essentially the, the way in the walks in and the i think the other another con that you kind of like subtly mentioned is like not knowing anything right yeah, you gotta find it all out yeah, not knowing anything. And I'll just throw this little tidbit in there. We don't really need to go touch on it because it's kind of like the truck thing. Like, no, I'm not saying like you don't have to like really know where you're at as far as like location, but you should definitely like plan like a hypothetical, like, okay, hey, if we have an emergency, you know, what's around? Like, do we like have this stuff in your phone, like contact number, like all that stuff? Like, it took me an hour just to find a, a tow truck driver. That's like, a great, it's 2021. Yeah, that's a great I should be able to find a tow truck driver, like, but you can't. And so just plan for the emergency or, or emergency, know where some things are at because you are hunting. I mean, like if something happens, like you're out in the middle of nowhere, you need to kind of know where to go. And that's something that we didn't do. And it took two days out. Like if we would have known like, Oh, Hey, this is here. Like I could have cut hours out and just 
would have been a lot easier. Thankfully it was just my truck and not like an injury or something like that. Right. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, no, yeah, know where you're at, you know, do as much research as you can, especially do as much e-scouting as you can, like backup plan after backup plan after backup plan after backup plan. Cause plan a is like plan Z. It like never <laughs> works. So, right. Okay. Um, yeah. Was there any other, was there anything else? What'd you guys, I mean, that you had the hotel, was that a good idea? Uh, we stayed in like a, uh, an Airbnb, like apartment. Okay. Um, that was good. I liked that because, um, and we ended up staying in a hotel too, after we checked out of there for like another three days. Okay. Um, but I liked, I liked staying in the apartment because we could go to the grocery store because every place has a grocery store, but they didn't have like food places. So we could just pick up some food there, load up the fridge. And we just had like quick meals that we could just make and go and like do our thing right. and in and out, in and out. Whereas like the hotel, they do breakfast at like six, which is great, but like, we're not there, you know, you're already right. gone, you know? Yeah. And uh, it was cheaper. I mean, I think it was like, I think it was 500 bucks, I think for 10 days, I think. And me, me okay. and Jake split it. They didn't even stay there. I don't think. <laughs> So, yeah, but we, we, we split that and then the hotel was, I think, $100 a night. So, right. you know, just cost saving. But yeah, yeah, that wasn't too bad. I mean, it was a janky area, but I mean, it was all right. You know, you got locks on the door. We're good. <laughs> the yeah, the that was and that's a great. OK, so, yeah, I mean, Airbnb is a great option. Um, looking into that rather than just a, a cheap hotel. Um, it could be even less expensive and you get the amenities of being able to cook yes. and prep your own stuff, which is, yeah, again, super nice for hunters because you're gone during dinner and you're gone during breakfast. Usually you're gone in the middle of the day for lunch too. Yeah. Um, so then the next thing was, was food. Um, you'd mentioned like going to the grocery store. Did you guys consider like doing, like, did you guys have any backup plans or were you just like, well, we'll live off gas station food if we need to. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, you know, I knew in like every gas station in Kansas is like Casey's pizza. Okay. So they always have lunch, breakfast, dinner. They got yeah. a whole bunch of stuff inside that store. So I knew like we would be fine there. And we bought a bunch of like little like snack stuff or like quick sandwich stuff, you know, prior to and just loaded it in the cooler and just took sure. it. Okay. Um, but I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't too bad. Um, I, I figured every place would have at least a close enough by, like, grocery store. Even if it was, sure. like, a dollar general, then yeah. they have, like, basic stuff, enough to eat off of. And I didn't want to do, like, um, you know, we weren't, like, going, like, west-west where you get, like, you know, pre-made bags of food and you got to do it with, like, a general sure. and stuff. Yeah, We weren't camping or anything, so, like, we didn't do that, you know. I didn't see the need for that, but. Yeah, no, I. That makes sense. Um, yeah, the only reason, so I've done a whitetail hunt with that, and one of my buddies brought jet boil stuff because he was planning on being in the woods all day. He's like, I can eat sandwiches so much, but at some point I, I would like to just, you know, get out of the tree, sit down with my jet boil, sit on the ground with my bow, and just sit out there and hang out and eat lunch and then figure out if I want to get back up in the tree or not. So that's the only time, other than that, like. Yeah, I, I think we would make 
Um, and this is what we did for our elk hunts too, is we essentially made pre-made meals, yeah. threw them in the cooler, and then you just warm them up in the microwave or, or eat them cold. Like, yeah. and you're good. Yeah, so, pretty much the same thing we did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the other thing that I always found useful was like after dark, there's always time after dark. Like at this time of the year, you're, it's getting dark at like 5, 30, 6 yeah. o'clock. You have plenty of time to get to get enough sleep that you can go drive an hour to a grocery store or something like that and then find yeah. some food and get back. And yeah. we kind of did that a little bit towards the end of our trip. Like we get down. Yeah, it was like, you know, it got dark, I think at like 5, 45 or just before six, you know, and they did in this town, they did have a restaurant. It was just, it was one restaurant and uh, you know, a couple of the nights we just get down drive straight there, have a quick meal and then just crash. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. That's really all that, we, that it was, but. Okay. So then last, last thing I know we're like hour and a half in here. Um, pros, like what sure. did you, what do you think that you guys did, did well that, you'd pass on and say definitely do this uh i can start i can start while you think definitely pro sure. would be be willing to be mobile and move that's what i was gonna say just ah. just we didn't fall in love with the spot we committed at the end you know to an encounter that we had just to try to you know give it the old hail mary but right. we didn't even though we you know bumped that booner you know, I would happily have fell in love with that spot and uh, not doing that, I think really did help us because it just kept us in the game. Yeah. Not burning. Yeah. Spot, you know? I mean, people might say you, you move too much, but I also think like, yeah, you can move too much, but you can also move too little. Like if you would have had your heart set on those pieces of pieces that you were hunting the first few days where you didn't see anything. I mean, like, I, and I love that ground. I mean, I, and I was like, I was kind of in love with that ground in the beginning because I, I even told Audrey, I was like, it's like, man, I just, I know there's bucks here. Like, I know there's bucks here. Like, I don't know if we should leave. And it's like day three and we haven't seen anything. And I'm just like, and I don't want to leave, but we got to go. And I'm just going right. to mark it off and we're not coming back. I'm mark I it feel, off. I'm yeah, I'm done. You yeah. know, I feel like that is, that is certainly something that people need to do. Like you, I, I, I do it too, man you find a phenomenal looking spot. It looks great. Everything about it's awesome, yep. but you don't see any goddamn deer. Nope. <laughs> so you just gotta, it's one of those spots that's like at the, the second week of November, that's a bait spot. You get baited into sitting there and you lose a ton of time. Yeah. So just cross it off the list and don't go back. And we've um, started to do that. We've started to do that here on public land as well. So yeah, like it's, it's, you know, and I'm trying to like mark them and like, make notes like hey like this time of year like between here and here uh-uh don't even waste your time and just mark it off so that we're not going back and wasting our time and having to re-scout stuff over and over and over it just yep. takes time man you got to get out there if you don't know until you know right i i agree i think so yeah that'd be the big pro there is is to continue to be mobile um another pro would be to have um to have the additional like you i whatever what we're using like base map or hunt wise or what were you using uh so what was with spartan forge so okay using, yeah using spartan forge sure yep. so have yeah having uh, that having that digital map in your hand to continue to scout is huge oh yeah i would have had no clue now 
which did stop or at, at, I'm sorry, did stop. But when we checked into the hotel, I looked down and they had like the Kansas public land like map. So I know I wasn't going to use it, but I picked it up and I opened it up and I looked at it. And even just looking at it, I was like, dude, I can't read this. Like, this is not going to work for me. Like, thank God. Like I have like the apps, like pitch yeah. that. And then like, you know, I use that, I, you know, I use the Spartan Forge, I'd say, you know, 80% of the time. And then I would compare it to other stuff because it's still pretty new and they're still working on a lot of stuff. So then I would compare it to other stuff just to try to make sure I was in the right area. But yeah, man, without that, like, I feel like you would just be completely lost. Well, yeah, like, yeah. You'd be, somebody. Oh yeah, dude. I've found, I've honestly found myself trespassing before I had on X. Like I had the map of the piece of public ground. I had the fence lines and everything. And then eventually I went back to that spot with Onyx to rescout. And I was like, oh shit, I'm like 50 yards onto this dude's property. No, you know, no fence lines, no, no, no markers, no trespassing signs, no nothing. I just assumed like the, the border at the top of the property, it's a big ravine that you drop into the border at the top borders, the field line. Like yeah. that's where the fence is. It runs along the field edge. And so I'm in the bottom and I can see the field edge up top, but apparently at some point, that fence line drops off the field edge and cuts through that ravine. So now I'm in the ravine where I think I'm totally fine. And yeah, I, I mean, yeah, those maps, like hard copy maps without landmarks and stuff like that, it's, you, you need to, I really think That's if you're tough. doing an out of state, you need to have that digital confirmation. Absolutely. And I will say one of the, one of the pros about do it yourself, like Kansas, like, there's really crappy service out there, which that's not a pro, that's a con. Crappy, crappy service. So, you know, download your offline maps. Like that's a major like advisement. Yeah. Um, but all the public areas and private land areas that were connected, they were all marked extremely well, like really okay. well. Like yeah. every access point, you know, WIHA, walk-in area, you know, walk-in traffic only. And then literally right next to it, like, this is the private line, you know, no trespassing all the way down the fence, all the way down the <laughs> fence back there, all the way down in the background, you know, all yep. the way around it. Everything's marked. Everything's brand new. Um, whereas, like, where I'm at here in Tennessee, like, there's nothing. Like, it's not marked. Yeah. It ain't marked. So, you know, you better just hope that you're in the right spot. But right. yeah, that was, that was really nice. So if you're looking for something where you just, you want to feel safe and that's a good area. Yeah. Um, um, what other, are there any other, I mean, grinding it out, sticking to it. Like that's a pro you got to just keep going. You know, a lot of people fill tags every year by just not quitting. Right. right? They may not be the best hunter in the world, but fuck, they can sit 45 days. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. There, yeah. There's people like that, man. That's, I used to be able to sit really, really long, but I can't, I cannot do it, man. I can't do it. The more knowledge I get, I just can't, I got to get up. I got to move. Like I start getting fidgety in the tree, you know, she's yeah. telling me, Hey, stop moving. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not moving. I'm just, I can't sit still, you know? Right. Uh, I'm interested. I, I want to know if there's yeah, a scrape man. over that it's, ridge over there. Uh, that's, that might be a that's all it's like, can I just get down and go yeah. check that? <laughs> right. Dude, hey, speaking of that, speak, speaking of that, like, so one of the places we went to, the one guy that we ran into, like this was a yeah. spot I thought was dynamite, had great sign. It set up awesome. And because we got up, like we didn't see anything. And there was like 20 minutes left of shooting light. Right. And this was in the middle of like, you know, we're having just a shit time. I was like, you know what? Like, I really like this spot. I want to get down and I want to go around this bend because I want to see what's over there. I don't want to go in there blind at night. 
or in the morning and just not know what's going on. I really like to see what's going on before I go in there. And because I did that, there happened to be a guy that was hunting down the way. And that's how I ran into that guy. And then I ended up finding out that they had six guys hunting that same spot and they were there for a week. So I'm glad that like I got down and like, yeah, took my little scout nass over around the corner and he saw me so that I didn't come in because they would have never knew I was there if I continued to hunt there because I was a hundred yards from, but yeah. Right. And I was just wasting my time because all their wind on the dominant winds would have just been blowing down into me and we would have just wasted a week, you know? So. Yep. No, yeah. That's a good point. That is a, that is a pro get down and scout. <laughs> it is a pro. So that trip, yeah. it was a pro. I'd say, I think, I'd say, man, the biggest, the biggest pro for us was just, you know, just stay, just stay positive. No matter how shitty it gets, just try to stay as best, most positive as you can, because right. at any moment in the last 30 seconds of light, it can happen. You just got to right. stay positive and just don't give up. Just keep going. Yep. That's fair. All right. Awesome. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. I think, I think that wraps up a great podcast. Um, about an hour and 45 in. So yeah, man. Um, well, I'm sorry it didn't happen for you this year, but hopefully you can bring it back next year. And at least you got the opportunities and maybe you can connect on something back home here in the next month in December or so. Yeah, no doubt. No, I'm not definitely not giving up. I mean, my season literally is going the same exact way as it went last season. And then I killed on Christmas Eve. So we got a ways to go still. So I got a little bit of time in Tennessee um, and we moved to Michigan in a week. So we'll be back in Michigan um, and then I'll, I'll get a tag while I'm there. And then I'm going to try to slide back to Ohio and see if I can't fill my tag that I have in December at some point. Hopefully sure. We'll see. Just tell Jake to get on it. I mean, he seems to have those bucks like pattern to a T. <laughs> can't, even, can't even talk about it, dude. Yeah. Can't even talk about it. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks for the time, Vince. If people want to find you, where can where can they find you? Uh, you can just go to Instagram. It's at chasing public. Um, and then it's got the YouTube link right there in the in the profile. Um I got a bunch of stuff lined up to make some more videos. It just hasn't happened yet. Just time frame stuff, you know, life gets in the way, but you can find us right there. Okay. Perfect. Yep. Chasing public. Um, all right, everybody. Thank you for listening again. Um, enter the lone wolf custom gear giveaway. That thing, that tree stand yes. is badass. It's $400 and it is a, a hell of a stand. And, and if you're doing a DIY hunt next year, that stand will be extremely valuable to you come that time frame. <laughs> Um, yeah, so enter that, listen to the last podcast with Cody DeQuisto or check out the socials, um, Instagram or Facebook at, at Deervain. And then also check out Vince, if you get a chance, um, at chasing public. And then the last thing is if you guys enjoyed the podcast, you learned something new, you liked it, you want to support me, please hit that subscribe button and leave a review. Really appreciate it. Helps build the audience, helps build the ability for other people to find me. Um, I know a lot of you, I've gotten a lot of new, um, a lot of new people coming through because of that Cody podcast. So I, I really appreciated everybody. Um, just trying to bring back a lot of education for everybody. That's, that's the whole point of these podcasts is to hopefully get everybody, you know, that Pope and young that they're after or better. All right. Hope it helps everyone catch you next time.